real double-edged sword when you're different. Because yeah. when you're different, you get to stand out. But when you're different, you're a risk and it requires a leap of faith. So, mm. um, yeah, how do, you, how do you handle that? Well, there's a few different sort of ways in which you can approach that kind of problem. But I think some of them are outside of your control. Mm. And what you tend to find is that the market then follows a leader. So where Bromium for a long time trying to have been defining ourselves and saying how we're different and everything else. And then what happened is the US government became really serious about us and they started using the terminology application isolation and containment. Mm. It's and quite a mouthful, isn't it? It's a big mouthful. But it's even like, give it a name, doesn't matter. Could call it ABC, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But the point is they've recognized it as a category and they've said, right, this is this thing. Yeah. And when they, someone big like that says, this is this thing, yeah. all of a sudden other people go, well, that's now a bucket. And yeah. I have a frame of reference. I can put that stuff in a bucket. I'm going to put a budget aside. And I can put a budget aside. <laughs> because yeah. otherwise what happens is, well, how do you work? Well, we work by doing this. I don't really get that. Where do you run? You run on the endpoint. All right, your endpoint software. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden your AV. No, no, no we're not. But, yeah. and, and that's the problem. The other way you get around it, so some of that is macro. You know, you just try and do the many things you can until you're successful and then someone big enough makes a statement and all of a sudden there's a Gartner Mandate quadrant and that changes. Mm -hmm. The other thing is to tell the story and just show how it's a continuum. So what we do, micro virtualization um, and everything as it works, is unique. However, when you tell the story of all we are really doing is a continued story of virtualization. So virtualization in itself and server virtualization has probably been in the last 30 years the most successful thing people have done in IT. It's just worked. Most IT projects are expensive and don't necessarily deliver and so on, but virtualization was a massive success. So you virtualize your servers, tin, reduced your tin, efficiency, greener, brilliant. That was great. So we did server virtualization. Then we did desktop virtualization. And so certain things like Citrix were a leader in there, VMware, of course, a leader in there, virtualizing your desktop, virtualizing your applications. And we've done virtual networks and we're separating networks off. And then we've done cloud at the same time. We've got this idea of multi-tenancy. All Bromium is really doing is saying, we're going to take that idea of virtualization and that idea of separation. Apply it to security. Apply it yeah. to security. And we believe it's going to be as transformational to security as it's been to everything mm. else. So really what we're talking about, when you do that continuum, you say, it's a leap of logic. If you take what you're already doing, and then you just close your eyes, look at this and then open them. And it's like black and white and it's really hard. But when you start on the journey of virtualization and you just go, okay, virtualization has done this, 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 and this. It's an entirely logical and necessary step that it's going to do this. Do, from a security perspective, do you think that it's the same teams that are worrying about that thing though? No, not really. I think... Mm. Um, I think the same teams are, in the end, responsible for kind of getting it out there. I mean, mm. if you're talking about something that, I mean, if you take it to brass tacks, we're talking about something that runs on an endpoint mm. that does the isolation on an endpoint. So you're talking about software that runs on a PC. So you're inevitably talking to a desktop team who have to put some software on a PC. So that puts it in that camp. But then you're probably managing it by a security team. And that's not a big leap of logic. That typically happens with AV sure. as well. So yeah. you, know, you get a, a common operating environment, they go, I want to put AV on it, and the security guys will manage that, and there's some tool somewhere in the cloud or on our network that's updating the clients and so on. So it's, it's, that's not a, a big leap of faith. Mm -hmm. But what this is, is something that affects sort of everything because you're, you're right down at that front end. Frankly, it would be great if you could, in a security sense, stick a box on a network and solve the problem. But Wi-Fi networks change that forever. There is no perimeter. We always say people are the perimeter. Mm -hmm. You know, my problem is what happens when I'm on my laptop and I'm in that Starbucks using the Starbucks Wi-Fi with the um, SSID and logon that was given to me by a barista. Mm. And the reason I'm there is because I work at the bank across the road, but the bank's got no spare office space. So what actually happens is the executives tend to have a breakfast meeting in Starbucks. 
all your network security is gone. Mm. And this idea that the cloud's going to solve that problem is, of course, completely misleading because the cloud can protect the data that's running in it. But what about the cloud in your pocket? Mm. What happens if I compromise your device, put something on your device, then your device connects to the cloud and harvests all the information? These are the kind of things that people need to be challenged yeah. by because, yeah, the idea that you can do it on the network, it would be great. But people are the perimeter. It's going to be, have to be on the devices because that's going to be the world. It's going to be edge and then it's going to be cloud. It strikes me that one of the problems that we have in our industry is there's, there's if you think about um, the number of vendors that an organization has to deploy to try and have any, any success in being secure, it's just too many. Mm. Like... How, how can you expect a security team to really make sense of all of this and to figure out what alerts matter, to figure out yeah. what it actually means to them as an organization? What, what does this actually mean? I don't, I've got these alerts, these alerts, but what do they actually mean? How, like, what do I do next? It's like, I find, yeah. I feel that like where there needs to be, we need to be strict. Actually, they, we need to come up with ways as an industry to help CISOs have to have less products, have less vendors in their environments to be successful. It's too many vendors operate in silo. Yeah, and this is it's an interesting problem because there's so many different angles to what you're yeah. asking, Aiden. Because yeah. if, you, if you look at that kind of consolidation, <clears throat> this is actually something that the larger security vendors do very well, mm -hmm. is they sell a message that best of breed doesn't work. Mm -hmm. What you need is a single source, single solution, and we've got everything that you need. And if you look particularly at the AV vendors in that space, you can see over the time that AV started at this price yeah. with, this, with this level of functionality. Yeah. And over the years, the M price has gone like that and the functionality has yeah. gone like that yeah. because it's commoditized Absolutely. and it doesn't necessarily True. work very well. So what you end up with is that's a logical statement to make mm. is you've got to kind of think, I've got to simplify, I've got to simplify. But then that tricks you into going, well, I'll just buy from one of the big players and right. they'll cover me. And, and you don't and you don't want, I suppose also the risk is you end up becoming a jack of all trades and you do all of it a little bit, a little bit badly. So there's, there's yeah, that. I do see. But, yeah. that's, but it's a completely logical statement that people want to simplify. I think the key thing then is, is this is why so many organizations yeah. will either work with a systems integrator or yeah. work with a partner who will kind of consolidate this for yeah. them, whether it's through their portfolio or for a desktop offering, because they're saying, well, the key thing is, Okay. how can I put these Lego bricks together? Yeah. I want as few Lego bricks as possible that when I put them together can give me as much flexibility as possible. So I want to be able to have this sort of thing. And I think the, the key thing is to say that people will often say, I don't want uh, I don't want another vendor. I don't want another agent on the endpoint. And you say, why? Oh, because I've got, I've got five. Mm -hmm. Well, a while ago you had three. Yeah. And then you needed four and five. Mm. So what that tells you is, that's kind of the way that it goes. So I think as long as you're taking the steps where you say, okay, how can I ring fence as much as I can from one place and get it all integrated? I, th I think that's what I meant. But then yeah. over time, yeah. look at what I'm getting and say, <clears throat> what don't I need? What a lot of people ask us is, if I were to use your tech, what else don't I need? Exactly. And the answer to them is, I don't know. Hmm. You tell me. Now, I have a tool that will help you manage your risk, but it's your risk. My job between meeting you and you being really happy is to say, how can we work together so I can show you how I can reduce mm. your risk and how we can learn together where are you getting value mm. and where you're not, mm. get rid of stuff. So I think as long as people are going through the cycle of saying, yeah. right, we're checking, we're checking, we're checking, and we found that three years ago we needed X, Y, Z, now we need A, B, Z. Mm. We've found that things have changed. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I, I, if I sort of take the context of, of, of our organisation, we find that people buy... You know, separate tech for discovery and classification, separate tech for user identity behavior analytics, and separate tech for 
figuring out who's got access to what. Um, and there's no sort of connection between a lot of them. And, that, and I think that having, you know, those types of approaches in silos just doesn't make any sense mm. at all. And I think um, it's just, just, just too many vendors to manage and you're, just, you're going to struggle to get value. And I think that that's quite often a problem. Yeah. And I think the same is true in your market. I think that there are lots of vendors out there that are picking off little bits of the market. And if you have each one of those solutions and they're not talking to each other, there's no integration. You just... How are you going to figure that out? How are you going to? Is that yeah. useful? And I, I think don't know. Is well, that it's, again, double-edged swords because you look at yeah. it sometimes when you package up and it makes a lot of sense to get something from one vendor, yeah. but then you think, well, I don't want to close the door to innovation. I guess it also depends on what vendor that is as well. It, it doesn't, <laughs> and, and honestly, your track record with them. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I don't want to let myself. I don't want to keep myself out of innovation because innovation, other smaller vendors will move faster than those guys, true, and I don't want to lock myself out of that. But also, I, yeah. do I want? I don't necessarily want bleeding edge. I want it no, proven no. And, and so yeah. on. I think the key thing is, is, is just taking an objective look at the stuff you're, you're looking at and saying what is the differentiation so if I've got something and in that package I've got several different components mm-hmm. and I think all those components are valuable and if I look externally and think well that one's only a little bit better and honestly the differential is not that great mm-hmm. and their competitive advantage isn't that great and the barriers to entry aren't that great then maybe don't go there but then if you look at something that's innovative that is really innovative and really different and is proven and you say well actually that has value for some time and that tech is different enough Mm -hmm. to make it really compelling then sort of plug it in but i think everyone is now accepting that you have to do things along open standards Mm. and something you mentioned a minute ago in one of your questions is about threats and stuff what we see when anyone's trying to consolidate either into their own sock or they're looking at services or they're looking at threat sharing in any way the standards are the way forwards Mm. because everyone i speak to says can your management server talk to my sim mm. you know? and of course it has to sure. and those sims have to be open standards and it's going it to be this sim or that sim and so i think the standards will continue to emerge so that you can you can as much Bring as possible integrate yeah. it and you have to integrate them closely there is definitely risk by having lots of different vendors to try and bring them all together but mm. there's also possible innovation there's... so you just have to be have your tech team on it and go right yeah let's just do what we need it to do now mm. Is it going to do what we need to do in the future? And does it in any way stop us from innovating next month when something changes? Right.